Episode 13, The Girl in You. For your reference, Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 18, verses 3 through 4. Assuredly, I say to you, Unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And then also, I won't read the scriptures, but Mark chapter 5, verses 23 through 24, and then going down to um, verses... Let's see, 35 through 42, um, which which um, is the, the main scripture that I'll be um, ministering from for this episode. So if you are of a certain age, <laughs> we, we won't get into numbers and we won't get into years, but if you are of a certain age, then I know that you have to remember the old Toys R Us theme song. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with. From bikes to trains to video games, it's the biggest toy store there is. I don't want to grow up because if I did, I wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid. I don't want to grow up. Don't want to grow up. I want to be a Toys R Us kid. Um, We know that just recently here within the past year or so, Toys R Us went out of business. Um, If you are anywhere near my age, and I won't share that, (laughs) um, then it was a little sad for you because, of course, I know for me, Toys R Us had had so many childhood memories of just being a kid and going into the toy store and just feeling exactly like the song uh, says. It's, It's like the biggest toy store you've ever seen and... Um, then of course, transitioning into becoming a parent and being able to go back into that very store to do, uh, you know, Christmas shopping for my own children. Um, definitely a place that held memories, you know, for me and I'm pretty sure for many of you as well. Um, the song talks about how, you know, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. And, and, and many of us adults, you know, we would sing that song, remembering our childhood, right? Um, But there's some of us that to flash back to childhood brings painful uh, and traumatic memories. Some of us have experienced, um, and I, in the introduction episode, episode to this podcast, I talked about how as children, there are some of us that have lived through things that um, would make adults cringe. Some things that adults um, have never, you know, had, um, who were privileged to not have to endure or experience certain things that we may have dealt with. Um, Trauma is one of the big words of today, especially in education and in the schools. We, We started to recognize that many of our students were coming to school traumatized and a lot of the symptoms of being traumatized mimic the symptoms of certain learning disabilities. And so where we were starting to label kids as, say, for example, being ADD or ADHD, um, quickly uh, people started to realize that um, because of these experiences that children were having, they were actually coming to school traumatized. And so their lack of focus, their inattentiveness, their beha- uh, acting out and 
there's many other um, signs and symptoms, but j- those are just to name a few, um, actually were similar to things like, you know, like I said, ADD and ADHD. Um, there's so many, unfortunately, so many different types of trauma um, that a child can endure from having parents on drugs to having parents or family members that suffer with mental illness, absentee parents, and that's including fathers and mothers, um, physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, um, any type of major life changes, which would rec- uh, which would represent a loss of stability, divorce, homelessness, job loss, major moves, um, even taking in other family members, um, when they don't have places to go and um, multiple families living under one roof. And sometimes we we see where these can be breeding grounds for things like um, molestation by family members. We all have a child in us, right? Um, and for some of us, that child is broken. For some of us, that child is in, is still stuck in the place that they were whenever the traumatic experience that we experienced happen. So if you were a um a girl who was, you know, uh, raped or sexually molested, you, you we find that people still are in that broken place at that age uh both mentally, emotionally, um and even though we continue to age physically, the trauma leaves us stuck. The impact that it has on our life is that it leaves us stuck at that age. And so it's almost like having a child in the driver's seat where now where the age we were, whenever that traumatic thing happened or whenever we were living that traumatic event or our childhood being a series of traumatic events leaves us stuck in that place. And so now the way we do things, the way we operate, the way we think. And of course, I have talked about this in previous episodes, but it drives our life. It drives how we move. It drives how we interact. It drives how we make decisions and choices. Amen. All based on that broken, that hurt, that traumatized, that abused, that neglected little girl. And so this in this episode, um, I want to speak to the girl in you. Um, I want to speak to the young lady in you who um, is making or the or the or the little girl in you who um, is still, you know, cowering from the abuse, who is still um, not able to trust because of the, the molestation or the sexual abuse, who is still um, driven to just work and work and work and work and work and scared of struggle and scared of not having anything because of the nights that you went to bed hungry or the times where your family had to sl- to live in the car or the times where your family had to go sleep on the floor at someone else's house and and even on top of that things happen this episode is sp- to speak to the little girl in you that little girl has to be healed amen in order for the woman that God has called you to be, amen, in order for the woman that God has ordained you to be, amen, in order for the woman that God has created you to be, who has purpose, who has destiny, amen, who has things that have to be fulfilled for the glory of God, in order for that woman to truly, hallelujah, come forth and to shine through, the little girl in you has to be healed, amen. As I've talked over these episodes, I've talked about how 
um, there is a work that has to be done when we know we need to heal and we, we long to be healed and we want to heal. There is a work that has to be done, (laughs) a work child. This is not going to be for the faint at heart. And as much as I hate to tell you, but it's not going to be easy. Amen. However, if we learn how to cast our cares on God, if we learn how to get into a place of developing a relationship where we can um, uh, lay our burdens at his feet, where we can take his yoke upon us, amen, he will carry the heavy burden, amen. He will He will um, bear that in himself, amen, and he will strengthen us in our weak places so that we are able to do the work that needs to be done. So let's talk about Mark chapter 5, all right? You also can find this story in Matthew chapter nine. Um, But as Jesus is, you know, with the disciples and he's, you know, uh, at this point, you know, he's going around and not only is he, of course, he is the gospel, amen, but he's healing, he's working miracles uh, because this is his opportunity. This is kind of his end of how he is able to offer salvation. Um, The healing, so as you, as you, Uh, understand scripture and as you read scripture and as you allow the Holy Spirit to give you an understanding, um, you have to know that it is not just literal translation of the words on the paper, but you have to discern also the move in the spirit. So as he is healing these people of their physical ailments and things that they're experiencing, also the underlying tone is an offer of salvation and an attempt to make them whole and free them from the bondage of sin. And so as he's, um, you know, making his way, amen, he actually is a, is approached by a man who is, uh, the, the scripture said that he's one of the rulers of the synagogue, in the synagogue. So he, he has a certain level of importance about him. We, if you're a mother listening to this, amen, and, and you don't even have to be a mother. If you have any type of family member that you care about, especially when we talk about young people, right? Again, thinking back to the girl in you and wishing that there was someone that could have cried out on your behalf when you were experiencing the things that you were experiencing. Then you you know that you, if you really want that a child to be helped, then you know that your position, your status, your degree, your money, don't none of that matter. In that moment, when in that moment of weakness and desperation, when a child is hurting, whoever it is you gotta go to, you 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 don't mind humbling yourself, amen, to get what you need to help that child. And so um the man's name is uh Jairus. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It says that when he saw Jesus, he fell at Jesus' feet. So here he is. Uh, um, you know, of course, there's this contentious history between Jesus and the people in the synagogues because, you know, they they don't um, recognize his authority. They don't, they don't acknowledge his authority. It says he he fell at Jesus' feet. So that that's a sign of humility right there where he was humble enough. He knew he needed Jesus. Amen. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations where God has to bring us to our knees for us to call on him. Here I go again. I'm feeling preachy. Lord, help me. (laughs) Um, And so it says he humbled himself and he fell to Jesus' feet. And he said that my daughter lies at the point of death. And he, he says, you know, please come lay your hands on her that she can be healed. Not only will she be healed, but that she can live. Amen. And so that right there is um, an expression of his faith in Jesus. He obviously had heard things that Jesus had done and believed that Jesus was able to do this thing that he so desperately desired and he so desperately needed. And so it says that Jesus, you know, obliged him. So him and the disciples started to follow him back to his house. Now there's a, there's a little break in the story because as he's making his way, that's when he encountered. And I, I, I think that 
this is amazing, amen, because as I prepare for this, this rec- this revelation didn't even hit me until just now in this moment, that as he's on his way to help a hurt, a dying girl, he encounters a broken woman. Amen. And so just really falling in line with what I desire to uh, get across to you in this episode, that in order for the woman to be whole, amen, we got to make sure that the little girl in you is whole as as well. The little girl in you doesn't go away. She doesn't disappear. I I don't want to grow up. (laughs) We all have a child in us, but in order for us to be a whole whole individual, a whole woman, and if you are a man, listen to this, just take out the word girl and put in the word word boy. (laughs) Um, take out the word woman and put in the word man. But, um, in order for us to be the woman we need to be, the woman that we've been called to be, the girl in us has to be made whole. So the the um the irony, I know there's no, I don't believe in coincidences. There's no coincidences in God. So as he's on his way to heal this girl, here is a woman who's broken. Here is a woman who's suffering with her issue, who is in, in desperation for herself to reach out. And if she can just touch the hem of his garment, that she knows that she will be made well. Now, well in these two in this scripture so in these two um stories meaning complete or whole so this woman is was missing something amen this little girl was missing something when jesus comes to heal you when he when he gives you that touch amen that only he can give you he comes to make you whole he comes to make you complete there is no room for brokenness um that doesn't come from his hands because when we are serving god amen and when he is um molding us and shaping us and making us into who he would have us to be so that we can walk in his purpose he does break us amen there is brokenness in him but the brokenness that comes from our life experiences, traumatic experience and different things like that. He comes to heal us from that so that we can be made whole. There's a scripture that talks about um, us being perfect and lacking nothing, not perfect in the sense that we associate with the word perfect, but meaning complete, meaning that we're not missing anything. Um, I did an episode that talked about filling those voids, that we don't have any voids because we've learned, amen, to allow the Lord to come in to fill those voids. And all of that is accomplished so we can then become his vessel to be used to strengthen other sisters who are broken, who are um, incomplete, who are not well, who are not whole, who are in need of healing. And so he, you know, he deals with this woman first because as he's pushing his way through this crowd of people following after Jairus to try to get to his daughter, that's when he feels um, there's a, one of the, cause this past, this, uh, uh, story is in more than one, um, book of scripture, excuse me. It says that he felt the virtue. He felt his power. He felt his anointing leave his body. Amen. Because this woman reached out to touch him because she had already made up in her mind, her statement of faith, hallelujah, was that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, unlike Jairus, who was asking Jesus to come and lay hands on the young girl, Unlike some of the other um, people in the in the scripture who needed Jesus to heal, she's like, if I could just touch the bottom, the dirty part of his robe that drags the ground when he walks, if I could touch that, amen, I know I'll be made whole. That's just how much faith she had. She didn't need him to speak into her life. She wasn't looking to stop him so he could talk to her. She wasn't looking to stop him so he could lay hands. She knew that if she could just touch him, that she she believed if she could just touch him, she would be made whole. Um, what I've, I've tried to get across 
in all 13 episodes is that God cares about you. Jesus is never too busy in what he's doing that he will not stop to see about you. When you cry out to him, amen, when you have the faith to believe that he is the God of the impossible, that he is the God who can move mountains into the sea, he will stop what he's doing. Even on his way to a dying girl, he will stop what he's doing to tend to your needs. And so if you are listening to this podcast, I would like to believe it's because you recognize that you need healing. You recognize that someplace in your life or maybe someone connected to you, I'll get into having faith for other people in a minute. But I would imagine that if you are a listener of this podcast, that you recognize that you need, you need to hear the word because you desire to be made whole, or you need to hear the word to share it with someone else so that they can be made whole. I want you to know, amen, that Jesus is never too busy. He's never too busy. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says that, um, he does not get tired. Amen. Um, that his hands are not too short that he can't reach us. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And so if you are in need, if there is something that you are in need of Jesus and you cry out to him, believing that he will do it, he will stop what he's doing to do that. And so the disciples, you know, pretty much they're, you know, he, he stops and he's like, Whoa, wait a minute. Who touched me? And they're pretty much like, what do you mean? Who touched you? There's, you know, I'm going to imagine there's hundreds of people that are, you know, in this crowd. Of course, you're being touched on every, you know, every hand aside. Like, let's keep it moving because this man's daughter is dying. And so he is um, pretty much kind of, you know, uh, you know, waving them off because I got I know that there's someone that touched me. Now, I'm, he is the Lord God Almighty. So he is omniscient on knowing he knew that he had an appointment with that woman that day for her to receive her healing. And he says to her that, um your faith has made you well, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And so just off of, um, just off of her being honest with him, because he, you know, of course he stopped and he asked. And in the Mark scripture, it says that she told him the truth. She told him that, um, um, she told him that I, um, that I touched you because I'm having this issue and I want to be made whole. And so because she was transparent with the Lord, when she, because she was honest with God, amen, I've, I've got that in my notes as well, but because she was honest with him and she told him what her struggles was, he said, and, and, and the fact that she believed that if she could touch him, she'd be made whole. He said, I don't even have to touch you. Your faith have made you well. The fact that you believe was simply enough. Amen. Um, so um, so then he heals her and then he continues on his way to Jairus' daughter. Now, in the midst of that, Jairus' daughter dies. Amen. And, um, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself cause I got a little excited. <laughs> um, but at, it, as he's continuing to make his way after he stops with the, stops, uh, you know, the encounter with the woman as he's making his way, um, Jairus's daughter dies. And so as they're making his way, they pretty much were met by some of the people that were at Jairus's house saying like, you know, you don't need to continue to bother this man because your your daughter's already dead. Um, let that be a sign to you in your situation that there is, there's, there isn't too much time that will pass. Amen. There is no situation that is so, um, far out, so, dead so um just so in despair so horrible so 
traumatic, so tragic. There's nothing too hard for God. There is nothing, not even in this situation, not even death that can stop his purpose from being accomplished, that can stop him from working the miracle, that can stop him from providing the healing that is needed. And so he, he when he comes in, there's so much commotion because what, so if you are familiar with um, the Old Testament, when someone would die, what they would do is they would hire, um, they will hire professional mourners. Um, um, uh, they will hire professional mourners to basically cry out um, on on their behalf, on the behalf of the deceased person. Um, and when, when he walked into Jairus's house, he kind of walked into that situation. But it's believed that these were just people that were kind of just putting on. They were just kind of, you know, basically making a bunch of noise. And he, he says, this child isn't dead. This child is asleep. And so, of course, these same people that were just um, um, mourning and crying and weeping out on their on her behalf or because of this dead girl, now they flip the script, right? Now all of a sudden they ain't crying and mourning anymore. Now they start to kind of heckle and make, you know, make fun of Jesus. Like, what do you mean she sleeps? She's dead. And basically like, how would you know? Because you weren't here. Amen. You didn't get here on time. And so he comes in and he tells her um, something that basically is translated. Little girl, I say to you, arise. And um, the young lady, she gets up and everyone is, is amazed. Amen. And so, um, there's a lot in that scripture, as I said, when you are interpreting and discerning scripture, um, there you have to discern in the spirit. You have to be able to listen in the spirit. You have to be able to, again, see what God is doing, see the move of God, even though we we read the words on the paper as is. We have to be able to see, um, you know, what's happening underneath. So, again, <laughs> um, so they wanted the, the, um, the naysayers, amen. The naysayers are throughout scripture and the naysayers still exist today. We gave it a modern term. We call them the haters. So here the haters are wanting to convince Jairus, like you're wasting this man's time. You thought he was going to be able to come and save your daughter and do this and do that. And here she is and she's dead. And of course, Jesus, who is the God of the universe, is pushing them to the side. Like, let me in. What are you talking about? She's not dead. She's asleep. Same thing in your situation. There are people who will want you to believe that you can never overcome the things that have happened to you. That want you to believe that you'll never be able to overcome the things that you have gone through. You'll never be able to overcome your childhood and the experiences that you've had and how they've shaped the person you've become today. Now, sometimes when we have those traumatic experiences, they create a certain level of tenacity in us and they they get they do give us some very good skills and qualities um, that we bring into adulthood. However, sometimes they we become so strong that we don't need anybody including God or at least that's what we think we believe that we are able to um you know kind of uh dig our toes into the sand and and as people would say get it out the ground on our own but when you come into a relationship with Christ and again I always preface what I teach with when you are trusting God when you have a relationship with Christ if you out here winging it on your own and you're doing it in your own strength and you know you you're not thinking about God or a relationship with him then my, by all means have at it we praying for you and we wish you the best but 
If you have come into a relationship with God, you come into knowledge of the father, you are trying to have a relationship and trust him and believe everything that he has said in his word, then you can't be too strong for him. Amen. You can't know more than him. You do not know what's best for you. You may think you know what you want. You may think you know those things that that you desire, but as an omniscient God who is all knowing and can see your whole picture from the moment that you were formed before you were formed in your mother's womb. Cause he told Jeremiah that I called you a prophet to the nations before you were even formed in your mother's womb, before they even got together and you were conceived, I had already ordained you a prophet to the nation. So God has been able to see who you are and who you will be from before the beginning, before you were born, before you were conceived. And then down on the line to when you die so he can see how different things that we think we desire and we think we want how they'll fit into our puzzle amen i'm sorry got off a little bit but there are people who will make you believe that um you that you you wouldn't be able to overcome these things that even with all of the qualities and skills that you have and even with you professing faith and and belief in jesus christ the enemy wants you to to always feel defeated. He always wants you to feel that you don't have the victory. When that victory, no different than uh, Jeremiah was ordained a prophet to the nations well before he was conceived, victory was won before you before you were conceived. Jesus hung on the cross and won that victory for you well before you or your mom was thought of. So we need to know that just like in the situation with this young girl your your um your situations and your stories don't look like what they seem amen it looked like she was dead to these people to these people she was dead but to the all knowing god she was just asleep same thing with you he knows you in and out and knows you well enough to know what your experiences, how they're laying dormant in you, what, how they live in you, what they're doing, how they're moving. And he knows what it takes to heal you from them. Amen. And so just like, um, um, Jairus having that faith for his daughter, sometimes we have to come to a point of just, um, overwhelming faith and belief in Jesus and what he can do for us. And then sometimes, um, we hold faith in Jesus Christ on someone else's behalf. Someone who at this time is not really able to see the true light of Jesus Christ. Someone who um you know they've been they've been taking hits hit after hit after hit after hit and so the enemy truly is trying to attack their ability to hold on to faith and belief. So you got to believe for them. You got to you go into the throne and you're interceding on their behalf because you know what God can do. You know how God can move. You know what God is willing to do. Same thing for Jairus. He he didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, but just off of what he heard, he believed that this was the man that could possibly save his daughter. Now, sometimes in real life, well, in modern day, because I don't mean real life, but in modern day, when we get to a point of desperation, we'll try anything. We'll try anything and we'll try anybody. And what is always amazing to me is we'll be so willing to put our faith and trust in so many different things, but we don't, we can't put our faith in God in the same way. The God who has never failed us, the God who has never left us or forsaken us, the God who has provided all of our need according to his rich, riches and glory, the God who has done exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever think or ask all of these different promises that he's made and he's been faithful to. We, we will put our faith in um, man before we will put our faith in God. 
and Jairus, here he was putting his faith in God just based off of what he had heard, just based off of the reputation that Jesus had developed in that day. Same thing for you. I'm challenging you that even if you you believe or feel like Jesus can't heal you from the things that happened to the little girl inside of you, I'm challenging you to try him anyway. I mean, because what's the worst he can do? The worst he can do is fail you like everybody else has. If he, but he's he he can do all things but fail. But I challenge you to at least give him that opportunity, amen. And so, um, that in itself, um, having faith, so having faith in God on the behalf of others, um, that's a whole word in itself. That a preaching in itself, where Jesus restored her life off the faith of her father. And many of us are standing based off of the prayers of our mothers and our fathers and our grandmothers and well on down the line. Amen. And so that is something that we need to keep in mind as we have relationship with other people, as we are covering our children, um, as we're standing to be the light in our family, that sometimes it, you're, it's going to be your faith that's going to do it. Sometimes it's going to be your belief in Jesus Christ. God is going to move according to your faith. And I believe I, I talked about this in another episode when I talked about how, um, how those, those men let the, the, the man, the lame man down, they tore a hole in the roof. They couldn't get into the house. so they tore a hole in the roof. They lifted brother up and lifted him down into the hole. Like we going to get you to Jesus one way or another. Those are the people that you should be surrounding yourself with people that are going to get you to Christ one way or another. If they got to blow the roof off of it, they going to, they're going to get you to Christ. They have enough faith in Jesus and what he can do that they are going to get you to him by any means necessary. My family is going to be saved. I I believe on God's behalf or, you know, my uh, family member is going to come off drugs or my sister is going to come off the streets or whatever the situation may be. Sometimes it's going to be your faith, amen, that will move Jesus to restore and to heal. Same thing in your situation. But we also, like the woman with the issue of blood, we have to have that faith. We have to have that um that just crazy overwhelming faith where there's nothing that's going to stop us. The crowd of people not going to stop us. The fact that he looked like he busy on his way somewhere to do something's not going to stop us. His homeboys that surrounded him, try, almost like an entourage trying to keep, you know, keep him protected. They not going to stop him, stop us. That guy that he seems to be following, he ain't going to stop me. I got this issue. I've been suffering with this issue all my life. My childhood has been tormenting me all of my life. The experience that I had when I was a little bitty girl has been tormenting me all my life. And today is the day that I say that there is nothing, hallelujah, that is going to stop me from getting to my God. There is nothing that's going to stop me from crying out to him. There is nothing that's going to stop me from pressing forth in worship, pressing forth in prayer to touch the hem of his garment. Like he told the, um, I think it was the man that lay by the pool of Bethesda, will you be made whole? As we talk about, um, our healing or our restoration, making us whole, it's a choice. We have to choose that we want to be healed. We have to choose that we're tired of walking around angry, that we're tired of walking around in distrust, that we're tired of walking around constantly um, looking at people trying to figure out what their ulterior motives are, that we're tired of walking around not allowing people to get close to us. We're tired of walking around fearful that we're that at the next turn we're going to lose our um, home or we're going to we're not going to be able to put food on the table because God when. When you have a relationship with God, 
all of the of the um all of the the that negative impact that you have from what you went through from that traumatic experience it is um it works against what God has promised you. It works against what God told you he would do for you. So in the scripture where it says, um, casting down imaginations, those are imaginations based off of what you went through as a child. And the only way to cast those imaginations down, the only way to pull down those, those thoughts that try to uh, exalt themselves or place themselves above what God has said. So it's like God has said all of these things in his word. And then here comes the hurt and the pain and all of, you know, the uh, traumatization from what we went through. Now it comes to place itself above what God has told you he will do for you. To say, nah, you can't trust people. Nah, you ain't gonna find nobody to love you. Nah, people are gonna always be looking to get over on you. People are gonna always be looking to hurt you. People are always gonna... Because if you, if you can believe the precious promises of God, then you know that he's your strong tower. You know that he's your shield, meaning that he protects you. You know he's your refuge. He's your provider. He's your protector. But when the little girl in us is still crying out, when the little girl in us is still broken, now here comes those thoughts to, to place themselves above your ability to receive the word of God in your spirit, to bury his promises in your heart so that then when you got that stuff buried in your heart, when, when different things are coming at you, cause stuff is going to happen. The You have an enemy, you have an adversary who is seeking whom he may devour. You have an adversary, the thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy. He is not going to stop. He is waging war. He is chained behind the throne, accusing the brethren day and night. He is on his job. Amen. So it's that stuff is not going to stop. But what changes in Jesus is your perspective. Amen. What changes in Jesus is how you look at things. What changes in Jesus is your mindset. What changes in Jesus is that now you know that you have somebody warring for you, somebody advocating for you, somebody who is standing up for you, someone who is taking on all that the enemy has to throw at you. He stands before you and he is your shield to protect you. He will allow us to be placed in situations and circumstances, but we can sit inside those fires, hallelujah, when we know that the God of our salvation is sitting right there with us, that all he has to do is blow his breath and he can quench every fire, hallelujah. We know that when we take him on, we take on our faith in him, we can quench the darts of the, that the enemy tries to fire at our mind to make us believe all the things that he wants us to believe because of the broken girl inside of us. Because of that little girl inside of us who has gone through all those terrible things that never, it was never dealt with. It was never talked about. It, we were, we were never, um, healed even where, um, we may even been in situations where family knows what happened. Church family knows what happened. We're praying for that young girl and what she's went through, but that's it. We ain't, we're not giving her an outlet. We're not. Um, allowing her to, um, and, and I'll, I'm again, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but we have to take our faith and along with it, God will lead us and show us how to move her and maneuver and move to deal with the brokenness that the young girl is facing or the young girl is, ex is experiencing because of what she's gone through. When you can carry that stuff all through up into your adulthood, now that little girl in you, at every turn of every anything that resembles what she, the little girl in you, experienced, now she's in you screaming out. 
And then it manifests out of your mouth in a different way. It manifests through your actions. It manifests manifests in how you see people. It manifests in your ideas and thinking around stuff. It manifests in how you interact with people. It manifests in in um I mean in so many ways. But what's happening is it's the little girl inside of you that's screaming out because to, for her any sign of danger. Hallelujah. Any sign of danger of what she experienced, it's almost like she's tapping you on the inside, uh, feverishly, feverishly, sorry. Like, no, 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 don't go that way. Because remember that, that looks like what we went through, what I went through. That looks like what happened to me. That looks like what was done to me. That person sounds like the person who hurt me. And until we silence her, amen. And not silence her to shut her up and bury it and pretend like she's not there. But until we we deal with her. So when we talk about healing the girl in you, who child is a work. Healing is, is no joke. Healing is work. It is work. It takes effort. This is why, um, I, I have been saying that, yes, we have to pray. Yes. There are some things that are only going to come out only going to be healed, only going to be dealt with, only going to be, um, the, the miracle is only going to happen by fasting and praying. But God in his infinite glory, God in his omniscience, he also has created so many other um, vessels that he uses to accomplish his purpose. Amen. And I'm not telling you what I heard. I am telling you what I know. I am a woman of faith. I believe in prayer. I pray. I fast. I read my word, but I've gone to therapy and it helped. Amen. I know that um, leaning on my brothers and sisters who are like-minded helps. He is the one who made the way. He is the one who's created these uh, outlets and these vessels, and he wants us to use them. He gives us wisdom. He gives us discernment. He leads and guides us when we surrender to him and are sensitive to his spirit so that we can get what we need because ultimately it is about all things working together for our good so that we can fulfill purpose. So we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and love God and are the called according to his purpose. He's called us for his purpose. So in order for that purpose to be fulfilled, he has things working together for our good. And not only that, all things being done to the glory of him, what we go through, how we testify, how we um, tell people of what God did for us is all so they can look to him and give him the glory. They can look to him and say, I want, I want it. I want it. How I get it. I, I want him to do that for me. I You telling me I'm looking at you and, and I know what you went through and I know how you were hurt and I know what happened in your childhood and I know um what they did to you and I know what they said about you. I know and I see you now and I see how you are whole. Amen. I see how you are complete. I see how you are walking in purpose. Amen. I see how you are able to strengthen other people and keep other people encouraged. I want it. That's how he gets the glory. When people see you and, and know that it's him, because that's what you're telling them. That's what you're testifying of. So in order to deal with, or in order to heal the girl in you, it's, it's some stuff we have to do. We have to, first of all, recognize and acknowledge that traumatic place from our childhood. And we have to go back to that place. So we have to go back to that place of saying that I was destroyed when my dad walked out on us. 
I was destroyed when my, my, my mom seemed to choose the streets over me. I was destroyed when my cousin raped me. I was destroyed when my uncle molested me. It did something to me when my parents split up. I, I really have some issues because we never could keep our own place. Amen. It really did something to me because of the beatings that I used to suffer. Now, I'm not preaching against whooping because the, the word says, spare the rod, spoil the child. But there is a fine line between um, chastising and disciplining your child and abuse. So let me make that clear. There is a fine line and we have to be careful. Don't be whooping your kid when, you, when you're enraged. Go somewhere and calm your tail down and then you come back and you can give that whooping and then you can explain, talk to your kids and explain to them why you had to give them that spanking. Okay, so I am not against whooping, but I'm against abuse. Amen, I'm against anything that is, um, we know what abuse is. We're not gonna play crazy, okay? <laughs> Amen. So acknowledging that, um, and next week we have someone I'm, I'm excited. We have someone that will be joining us who she grew up with a mentally ill parent and, um, just, I'm going to let her tell her testimony, but it, it, it shaped the woman she became and the choices she made. And it had a very, um, it had a major consequence on her life. And so when we, when we're doing the work to heal us, we, we go back to that place. We go back to that circumstance or we go back to those situations because sometimes kids go through a thing after thing after thing after thing. You think you're dealing with stuff as an adult and every time you turn around something is happening. Kids are living lives like that as well. So we have to acknowledge that place. We have to, we as the grown woman, us, grown woman Liana has to go back to the place where little girl Liana was hurt and we got to have a come to Jesus moment. And I don't, I'm not using that as a cliche. We have to have a come to Jesus moment. I need to go back and take that little girl by her hand and I need to take her to Jesus because what we're doing is we are coming to Jesus. We are in full surrender. We are bringing all of that baggage, all of that trauma, whatever it is that happened. And we're saying, Lord, we can't do this no more. I cannot continue to live my life with, the, with her being broken inside of me. I can't continue to live my life. I don't want to keep feeling like I can't trust people. I don't want to keep feeling like I can't, um, that, that every man I meet is going to hurt me. I don't want to keep feeling like around the corner is some type of, because that, that in itself, in the name of Jesus is trauma as well. That, that is a struggle as well. When you went through things in your childhood where it was so many major life changes and your parents can never keep a place or they can never keep a job. And so things were just always up in turmoil. And so now here you are as an adult where you have, you know, maybe you're stable and on your feet, but you got this fear in you that it's going to be taken away. That at, at some turn, you're going to lose your job and everything's going to fall apart. At some turn, you're going you're gonna to lose your place and your life is going to fall apart. There are people who really live with that fear because it's based on what they went through as a child with their parents. So surrendering our fears, our worries, our anxieties, that trauma, surrendering that to Jesus, taking it to him, like the word says, casting our care on him, laying our burden down at his feet. And we... We have to do that and, and pray. We, you got to pray. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you have to pray. You have to cry out to him. It does not have a certain formula. If, if all else fails, say the Lord's prayer, but speak your honest heart to him. Lord, I can't do this. 
Lord, I need you to take this away. Lord, I need you to help me. Lord, I can't carry this. Lord, and then what you do, hallelujah, is you take the word and you and you reverently throw it back at him. You said that you are a healer. You said that by your stripes, I'm healed. You said that you will never leave or forsake me. You take it to him in prayer. You say to him, God, I need you to show up. I need you to show up. I need you to help me. I need you to heal me. You cry out exactly what it is you're looking for there you don't have to oh holy father thou lord the god that i'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying like that but i when i hear people say well i don't know how to pray prayer is just talking to god it is a conversation you literally just talk to him we always want to make sure that you know we're reverent which is you know a fancy way of saying respectful like you probably shouldn't be cussing at god but he, he's so awesome that he probably wouldn't be intimidated. And, and and in time, he will deal with you and work with you and, and that will be delivered. But that's, a, that's another topic for another episode. If necessary, so as we talk about doing the work to heal the little girl in you, if necessary, go to therapy. Nowadays, because of this recognition of trauma and how, how big it is and, you know, the medical community... And all these, uh, you know, um, workplaces, they want you to come to work. They don't want you coming to work and all of a sudden you mad and you, you done came and shot up the place. They don't want no po- nobody going postal. They don't want that. So a lot of times therapy is covered by insurance. Find you a therapist. Seek you out a therapist. And yes, I'm going to ask you to seek someone that maybe is Christian based because you want someone who is a vessel of God, who is like minded, who discerns in the spirit, who has knowledge of scripture. Yes, you do want that. Okay, people might disagree with me, but I believe in therapy, but I believe in in, in um utilizing someone that is a, a vessel of God that has God has given them the um the gift of counsel where they are able to counsel you and and through the spirit and the word God can still get the glory. Amen. I I have said it, you know, throughout the episodes we are in this walk together. We have to learn to link up with like-minded people. We have to learn to link up with people that's going to let us down through the roof. We got to learn how to link up with people that's going to get us to Jesus, that is going to keep our mind on Jesus, that's going to keep us encouraged, that won't let us give up, that won't let us um, believe the negative things that the enemy wants you know, to put into our head, that won't let us give in to the brokenness that is um, that this little the little girl inside of us has. We need to... St- be with people who can keep us encouraged, who will pray with us, cry with us, read the word with us, not just get on the phone and vent and, and, and make you feel validated in what the enemy wants you to believe or make you feel validated in these emotions and feelings that are coming out of the mouth of the little girl inside of you. Some of us, the, that immature talk is coming out of the mouth of the kid inside of us. So we need to link up with people who, and it doesn't mean that everybody you link up with is going to be whole because we all fall short. Amen. We are in some area, um, have to grow and have to mature and need to be healed. And that's why we are supposed to, the word says we're supposed to forbear with one another, which means we're supposed to have patience with one another because we all, we all are struggling in some area or another. Self-reflection is important. We got to, we have to take a look at self. We have to, we have to do the work of looking inside of us and trying to almost like trace back why we think how we think. What happened that made you look at people the way you look at people? What happened that makes you feel like you can't really trust God? What happened that made you feel like you got to do this all on your own? What what happened? Okay, reflecting on yourself and and recognizing that um that there are parts of you that that's because of the broken girl in you. That and and I there's an episode that talks about 
you know, wanting, pointing the finger, talking about fix them when, when you need to be fixed. Self reflecting on self so that God fixes you. Because even though we have this broken little girl walking around inside of us, and even though we, um, even though, you know, we have gone through things that come to, you know, color how we see things and, and all of that, but we still have an obligation and responsibility to do right and to do better. We can't just say, well, my childhood was jacked up, so that's why I am how I am. Deal with it. No, that's lame. We're not doing that in 2020. In 2020, we're recognizing that sometimes the toxic person in the situation is me. And I talked about that in Damaged Goods, where I'm bleeding all over folks. I'm cutting poisonous and I'm leaking all over people because the work needs to be done in me. I need to check the, the broken girl inside of me. I need to do what I got to do, handle my business, to do what I got to do to deal with the little girl inside of me so that when I encounter people, I am the light of Christ. Amen. We have been called to be the light. You can't be the light and you can't run all this darkness on the inside and not darkness in the form of sin, but the darkness that comes from this hurt and this pain and this trauma. You are responsible and obligated to deal with that. When you know better, you do better. Being transparent with ourselves, being transparent and honest with ourselves and others. Again, I, I there's an episode you got to go back and listen to it where I talked about how we confess our faults one to another, and not just like, oh, you know, I went out last night and I was, you know, I don't know, fornicating. I was, no, I don't mean just those faults. I mean like I'm broken, I'm hurting, I. My my head is all jacked up. I can't get over what happened to me. I can't get over what they did to me. I still have to see this person at every family function, knowing that they raped me, knowing that they used to beat me, knowing that they, you know, whatever your, whatever your experience may be. Or I didn't get a chance to get it right with such and such and my, with my dad after he walked out of my life. And I'm broken. Okay, honest with yourself, transparent with yourself, and with those like-minded individuals that are praying with you, fasting with you, interceding on your behalf, trying to keep you encouraged. How are they going to pray for you and you won't be honest with them? We, we have to get rid of this whole, I don't want people in my business. That's why you're walking around raggedy and not healed. Lord, help me. I'm, let me calm down. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. All right, so transparency and honesty. And then the last two things that I want to say before I close is the first is acceptance. Your story is your story and it's okay. It is your story. Own it. Once you accept it, that this is what it is, this is what happened to me. Now you can move into a place of, Lord, I need you to to heal me from it. Deal with it, Jesus. You can't undo it, but can you heal me from it? It's okay, because guess what? We all have a story. We all have things in our past and some of us in our present that we are ashamed of, that we don't want nobody to know. We don't know, no, want nobody to see. And guess what? That right there is the place of your victory. And that is the place that's going to propel you into your purpose. When you can accept what it is you walk through so that now you can be a testimony to others. I went through it. It happened. It was horrible. I learned to give it to God and look at me now. Amen. All right. Last one. And keeping in line with the acceptance is once part of your healing is going to be uh, is Romans 8 and 1 that says now there is therefore no condemnation to those who walk upright in Jesus Christ. And I might have left some words out, but you know what scripture I'm talking about. Freedom from guilt. 
it's not your fault. It's not your fault that that grown man thought it was okay to touch on you. You didn't have on nothing too provocative, that, and that's why he did what he did to you. You wasn't looking at him all crazy, and that's why he did what he did to you. I don't care if you was walking around the house and you didn't have no clothes on. He's a man, and he's supposed to know better. It's, that's not your fault. It's not your fault your parents got divorced. It wasn't your fault that that the family um is homeless or, or was homeless or, you know, struggled with homeless. It's not your fault your mom lost her job. There was nothing that you could have done to make things better for your mentally ill mom. It's not your fault that your parent walked out on you and wasn't there. It's not your fault that you were being beaten. Just because you got a bad grade is not a reason for your mama to beat you. It's not your fault. It, 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 is not, it was not your fault. Somebody listening needs to know that what happened to the little girl inside of you was not your fault. You don't need to forgive yourself because you did not do anything wrong. Children do not do things that cause grown-ups to abuse them, that cause grown-ups to neglect them, that cause grown-ups to not do what grown-ups are supposed to do in feeding you and providing for you and caring for you. It is not your fault. Somebody out there needs to know who is a grown woman today still trying to get the approval of Mama, daddy, sister, brother, somebody, stop. It's not your fault. There, if, if a person is not accepting you and loving you the way that they should as family, that's their issue. Another topic for another time, because hurt people hurt people. But that's not your fault either. And just like you have a responsibility to heal the little girl in you, they have a responsibility to heal the broken child in them as well. So it's not your fault. Stop apologizing. Stop letting the enemy convince you that if you had just did this or maybe if you had just said that, that maybe something would be different. And if I got any kids listening to me or young girls listening to me, it's not your fault. Whatever you, whatever you have experienced up to this point in your young life or you, or maybe going through right now, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Your parents walked out on you. It's not your fault. Your parents was on drugs. It wasn't, it wasn't my fault. My parents was on drugs. I was a kid. I ain't had nothing to do with nothing. There was nothing that I could have done. And now I'm speaking to the little girl in me so that you can understand all that I've said. There is nothing that I could have done. That would have made my mother clean her life up. Even as a woman who was a woman of God. There was nothing that I was supposed to have done. That prevented her from cleaning up her life. Being the mother that me and my sisters always longed for. And giving her heart to Christ. The devil is alive for the guilt that he has wanted me to feel. When she left here suddenly and too soon. Nothing I could have done. Glory to God. Nothing I could have said. I was a young girl. I can remember every night saying my prayers going to bed, praying for my mom and my dad, who both were addicts and both are deceased. Praying that the Lord would clean them up. Praying that they would let the drug habit go. Even if they didn't come back into my life to be my parent and I live with them, but just to free them. I remember, I remember laying in bed Every night, faithfully praying that prayer, there was nothing I could have done. I couldn't clean my mom up. There was nothing that I could have done once my father cleaned himself up to make him want to be my father. 
to make him pursue a relationship with me. Nothing I could have done. I won't own that. That's not my fault. He died with that. She died with that. But I have done the work to forgive them. I've done the work to absolve them of them neglecting to be my parents when they, when they should have been. You do the same. Forgiveness is not for other people. It's for you. It frees you. It's not my fault that my ex-husband did what he did. So not only in our childhood, but we need to um, recognize that in some situations in our adulthood, it's not our fault. If you look the wrong way, if you dress the right way, if maybe if I had to did more than more of this, maybe if I had to did more than that. No, we don't take on the weight of other people's actions. That's theirs and they own it. It, I'm owning it because it's a part of my story. And I'm going to use my story to make sure that God gets the glory. So stop blaming yourself for what happened to you in your childhood. It's not your fault. Make sure that if you're a parent, you're not doing those same things that were done to you. Make sure that you are um, letting the Lord heal you and make you whole, amen, and make you complete so that your, your child doesn't have to have that story. Your child doesn't have to be an adult dealing with the broken girl inside of them. Father God, in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, Lord, because you're awesome. We thank you, Lord, because you're mighty. We thank you, hallelujah, because you are great and you are greatly to be praised. Lord God, we thank you, hallelujah, for healing, oh God. We thank you that you took those stripes on your back. You took those lashes. You took that beating. You took it all for us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that we can come and lay our burdens at your feet. We thank you that we can come and cast our cares on you. We thank you in the name of Jesus that just as you healed, hallelujah, just as you restored Jairus's daughter, that you can bring back to life the little girl inside of us, that you can heal her of her brokenness, oh God, in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone that will listen oh God every person under the sound of my voice that you will touch that child in them that broken child in them that hurt child in in them oh God that traumatized child in them in the name of Jesus make us whole hallelujah as we seek you oh God as we cry out to you as we place our trust and our faith in you And we give you praise now, God, in the name of Jesus, as women will listen to this podcast and begin healing and walking into destiny, healing and walking in purpose, oh God, all for the glory of you. These things and all things we ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Until next time, be blessed.